cool. I love what God's already started doing tonight. I think he has big plans for it. And um, yeah, I'm excited. So as Joe said, I'm Tiana Elmendorp. I'm a youth leader here at church and I'm also a part of our creative team. Um, more recently, I've changed my last name to Elmendorp. God is good. I have a husband. Um, but I thought I'd begin my message just by giving you a little bit of insider scoop into the Elmendorp life. Um, it's probably not as juicy as you think it's going to be. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty much a normal family. Um, but over the years, Jack and I have been best friends since he was 13. I'm a little bit older. Um, but so I've been at their, like, with their family for quite a long time. So birthdays, watching TV at the house, playing games. Um, but I just really want to honor Pastor Mark and Nina tonight. Um, I love that the people that they are at church is the same people who I am welcome to on a Wednesday night at their house um, around their dinner table. And I just want to really honor two things about them tonight. One is their longevity. Um, pastoring is definitely not a nine to five job. And I've seen so many times where they've sacrificed different things. But even just in their day-to-day, -day, like, they are so faithful and they love this church so much that they can't help to speak about it when they're on holidays or at the dinner table, wherever they are. They just love you guys so much. Um, and also just, yeah, their longevity, I think, the fact that you still have a passion for it and you're still so hungry for what God wants to do um, is such an example to all of us. Do you agree with that, church? We have incredible senior pastors. Come on, let's give it up for them tonight. Um, so in honor of my father-in-law, um, he loves <laughs> dad jokes. And so I thought I would title my message after something that he might like. So the title of my message tonight is, dun, dun, dun. I can tell you what it is. Um, the title of my message tonight is, I had a splinter, but it got out of hand. Ah, oh, it's a good one. I found that way too funny. I laughed for way too long when I found that. Um, but let's jump straight into the message. No more dad jokes for now. But Matthew 26, verse 47 to 50. So it says, While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent for, from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal for them. The one that I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once, Jesus... Oh, sorry, going at once to Jesus, Judas said, greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, do what you came for, friend. And the three, and then the men stepped forward, seized, and arrested him. So tonight we are going to be talking about letting go of offense, um, removing bitterness, and staying sweet. But right from the very beginning, I just wanted to start this message by reading that passage of scripture, because I think... In remembering this story, we think of a God who, you know, has been let down, who knows what it's like to experience pain, and he actually walks um, with us through that. You know, Judas in this story was one of Jesus's closest friends. He was one of the 12, so he's one of the people that Jesus did life with day in, day out, and for him to turn around and not only just betray him, but to hand him over to be arrested and killed, um, I think that would betray my trust, and I don't know a lot about um, boys and the way that they do their friendship, but I think there's, you know, bro code, and I think Judas would have broken the bro code. <laughs> like, that's not a part of it. I'm pretty confident. Um, but God, you know, understands us and understands these feelings, but he recognizes that to experience the fullness of life that he has for us, he wants us to let those things go. 
So let's just pray really quickly before we jump in. Dear God, we just thank you that you are such a good God and that you know what it's like to have hurt and pain and bitterness. Well, not bitterness, but we thank you that you know what it's like to experience those feelings, God. And we just thank you that um, tonight as a church, you are calling us to live a full life, Lord, that you want us to leave the old behind and that you want us to step into the newness that you have for us. We pray that you bless this message and speak to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. So I have three quick points for tonight. So my first point is pain serves a purpose. So just like Jesus, we've all experienced some level of hurt or pain in our life, whether it's by a friend, a family member, a colleague, we've all had a moment where we felt let down. And I realized that in preparing this message, there's two ways that purpose can be drawn from our pain. The first purpose is the devil's purpose. It sounds a bit strange, but the devil does have a purpose with your pain. It says in the Bible that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy in all areas of your life. And when we're experiencing hurt and offense, um, this isn't an exception to this. His plan for your uh, pain is to make you stew on it, think about it, talk about it, sit with it, allowing it to develop into a bitterness, which then affects all aspects of your life. And as you sit in that place and you begin to, you know, really stew on it, then you begin to spread it to the people who are around you as well. The thing about bitterness is that it will rot your life. And that's exactly what he wants. He wants you to sit in the pain, which you so rightly have felt someone has wronged against you. But as you sit there, he wants you to isolate yourself, to cut yourself off, and to live a smaller life so that you can avoid the pain that you've experienced. Um, something that I learned is our brains perceive physical pain and emotional pain basically the same. They can barely tell the difference. And so as you experience physical pain, like you think of like a toddler who goes and touches something hot, they learn, oh, I'm not going to do that again. But with emotional pain, it's actually the same. So when you have those experiences, your natural reaction is to go smaller, to not be vulnerable and to not put yourself out again, to not trust people. And that's exactly where the devil wants you to live. I think sometimes we can get tricked into believing that full life is a life without pain. But I truly believe that true freedom is when we don't have the absence of pain, but when we can experience pain and still have joy, we can still forgive and we can still live light. So just as the devil has a purpose for your pain, I believe that God too has a purpose for our pain. The truth is that life will happen and people will let us down. People will disappoint us and maybe even offend us. But God wants to use your pain for good. And in the middle of the worst of situations, God can still be glorified. It says in Romans 8 verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I think back to um, my pains and hurts in my life and know that the devil so easily could have had a field day with it. I think for me, one of my biggest pains was my parents walking through a divorce. This was a very real hurt in my life. And I know that um, I did allow the devil to some extent to um, 
lead me down a way that was self-preserving. So I was like, I'm going to consolidate. I don't want to let people in. And I know that from that, I was trying to avoid vulnerability, um, unhealthy relationships, shallow friendships, and it was just a whole bunch, bunch of mess. But thankfully, the goodness of God pursued me. And as I allowed God to breathe upon my situations, not only did it allow me to let go of this pain, but it also has allowed God to use it for his glory. And I know that as a youth leader, there are so many youth who walk through that situation. And now I can honestly stand with them and not only empathize with them, but truly believe with them that God can turn that situation around and that he can use it for his glory and that there is strength that can still come from that situation. I believe that as we surrender our pain to God, the testimony of us experiencing pain in life and still yet remaining sweet and faithful is so unfamiliar to this world. And I know that in conversations I've had with my colleagues, as they've reflected upon my life and things that I've walked through, it's so contradictory to what they know. They think, oh, why didn't you cut that person off then? Or why do you still have a relationship with them? Or how do you still you know, talk highly of them? And I say this in no way to glorify myself because it's only by God's grace and his forgiveness that I've been able to look past those hurts in my life and actually um, restore those areas of my life. The devil wholeheartedly wants your pain to consume you. He wants it to fully saturate your life. But I believe that God's plan is for even the worst of situations to turn for good. And I don't know what your story is and what your circumstance is, but where someone's let you down or what you're carrying in this place, I believe that he can transform your life just as he's done for me. So my first question tonight is, will you allow your pain to serve what the devil intends and his purpose for it, or will you allow God to use it for his glory? My second point is we're not staying here. You can feel it, but you can't live with it. So story time with Tiana. As you know, <laughs> recently we went on a youth camp, which was absolutely unbelievable. It was so good. Um, but, you know, serving the Lord, doing the hard things in life. Just kidding. Um, I got a splinter in my finger by no other reason but my own silliness. Um, but my mom taught me that when you have a splinter, it's very important to get it out. And so I tried to get it out, but I actually got half of it lodged further into my finger. Which I also realized, I waited until I got home from youth camp to get rid of the rest of my splinter. But I was like, we have a first aid kit. I definitely couldn't, could have got it out. But at the start, it was okay. And it was there and annoying. But have you ever had a splinter before? Yeah, heaps of you, most of you. It is so annoying. Like, it was so distracting. I could feel it. It just hurt. It was just bothering me. And so one of the first things I did when I got home from camp after having my nice hot shower, which was so good, um, was I got that splinter out. I was like, I'm so done with this. And splinters need to be removed because ultimately they can lead to infection if left in. And offense is exactly the same. When we leave offense within us, it develops into a bitterness that causes our hearts to become sick. And even like studies have shown that if you hold on to bitterness physically, it can actually like be detrimental to your health. When you've been hurt in life, you might feel like you have every reason to hold on to it. You might feel like it's unfair, it's painful, it hurt. 
But as you choose to hold on to that, it will breed infection in your life. It will show up in ways of bitterness, envy, um, anger, and even hatred. But we have a choice in these moments, whether we hold them or whether we let them go. Proverbs 4 verse 20, uh, sorry, Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. It is our responsibility to guard our heart and to choose to remain pure in heart and sweet in spirit, even if someone has wronged us. I know that my mom, if I was younger and I got a splinter, she wouldn't just allow me to sit there and just leave me with it. She would remove it straight away. And I think that why she would do that is because she wanted the healing process to start first. She didn't want to leave it to a point that it got worse. She would get rid of it then and there. And I'm wondering what are we allowing to stay in our lives? When Jack and I were dating, we used to go on a lot more drives then, probably because we lived together. Um, but uh, he used to ha let me have a big vent. I'd, you know, tell him all about my problem. And then he would tell me to wind down my window. Actually, no, he would wind down my window for me from his controls. And he'd be like, you need to throw it out of the window. And so I am like a 25-year-old woman. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not putting the window up until you let go of it. <laughs> and so I would have to like pretend to throw my offense out the window. <laughs> and as silly as that sounds, Sometimes I think that's so freeing because it's just a physical reminder and I'm not asking for all of you to pretend to throw things out of your window. <laughs> um, but it's the reminder that we have the choice whether we let it sit and whether we let it fester or whether we get rid of it as soon as we can rather than letting it become a bitterness and letting it destruct our life. What are we allowing to stay in our life? Where are you opening the door to offence? Is it the small things like doing extra work and no one noticing it? Or is it being the friend that's always there for everyone else, but now you're starting to think, oh, where is everyone for me? Is it, you know, someone being rude to you or someone cutting you off in traffic? It's little things, but sometimes it's even in those little things that it um, produces a greater bitterness. Let's be people who choose to guard our hearts and not allow offense to creep in as a guest. Offense is not someone that I welcome at my house. <laughs> and offense is also not welcome here. Um, as Jack says, get better, not bitter. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> um, my third point is uh, offense has the ability to get lodged in our lives, um, leading to bitterness. So how do we get rid of it? I think sometimes, as we have reviewed, we leave things in our life for too long. We may have been really hurt or let down or stewed over a situation and it's come to a point where there's an infection and bitterness has taken over. To start the healing process, we need to learn to forgive and let go of what's been lodged in our hearts. Jesus is so big on forgiveness in the Bible and we can see that there's very good reason why. So I'm just going to read a few verses about forgiveness. Um, so in Colossians 3 verse 13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ephesians 4 verse 32, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, as just as in Christ God forgave you. 
Matthew 6, verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they have sin... <laughs> Sorry, I'll try again. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Forgiveness is an incredibly freeing feeling, but it can also be incredibly hard. There has been some of my bigger life circumstances where I've really struggled to let go of a situation. When someone hurts you, you know, you just want to like, it feels as if like forgiveness is just like letting them off the hook. You're like, oh, it happened. I'll just forgive you. And we know that that's not what forgiveness is. But I think that when you have situations in your life where it was a big moment or you've maybe let it sit for too long, it doesn't just take bringing it to God once and instantly feeling like that forgiveness has come towards those people. But I know that in my personal life, it's been continually bringing that back to God. Just saying, God, this is too heavy for me to carry. I know that you haven't made me to carry this and please help me to forgive them. Every time those thoughts or feelings come up or you're reminded of the situation and you feel that little like niggle of frustration or bitterness towards them, it's laying it again and again and again at the feet of Jesus. Know that every time you do this, whether it feels like you're getting nowhere, it's allowing that healing process to happen a little bit more. It's like a little bit more of that procedure is happening. Forgiveness doesn't justify the other person's actions. It doesn't make what they did okay, or it doesn't make your hurt any less significant. What you experienced was still real, but I think as we take it from our hands and give it to God, um, I fully believe that you'll, you will experience freedom. He has a purpose for your pain. He will use it to glorify him. He doesn't want us to stay in that place. And he is the ultimate doctor. He's the one who not only heals us, but also understands us and has walked it. We will have an opportunity later tonight to pray um, if there's something that stirred in your heart. Maybe you might not have even realized it and maybe it was like a splinter that was there from so long ago that you can't even recognize it anymore. But I just really believe that um, as we begin to open ourselves to Jesus, that that's where we'll experience the fullness of life. And I don't know about you, but as hard as forgiveness might be, I wanna live in the fullness that God has for me. And I just really felt um, as I was sitting in the front in worship that some people might hear my message tonight and think, oh, well, that's great for you, Tiana, and I'm really glad God worked in your situation, but, you know, I've experienced this, and it was a really big thing for me. And I, you're completely right. I don't know what you've walked through, but I do believe in a God that is able to give freedom into all situations, and I believe his promises are true, and I believe his word. And so if that's you tonight, I just encourage you to just open up your heart to God, because I can guarantee you that Although you're hurting and in pain, I fully believe that what you're carrying can be so much lighter when you hand it over to Jesus. So let's just pray um, as we close this message. But Lord, we thank you for your words. We thank you that you are faithful and that you are true. And Lord, we just thank you that as people have opened their hearts to you tonight, that you begin to minister to them, Lord, that you give them the keys and strategies to walk out this forgiveness, Lord. And I just thank you that they are gonna experience freedom, and just a light weight as they begin to hand it over to you. Lord, we thank you that you are moving, that you are able, God, and that there is nothing too big for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's spoken to you tonight, I would love to pray for you later. I really believe that God's going to move. Um, but I have the absolute privilege of 
welcoming up one of my best friends and also sisters-in-law, um, Rachel Gordon. Hello, everyone. My name is Rachel, as you just found out. If you didn't know me, that's my name. Awesome. Well, welcome to Emerge Church. It is awesome to have you. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, just before I get started, I also wanted to honor Pastor Mark and Nina. Um, you know, they've built something really incredible here, and what we have at Emerge Church is really different to a lot of churches. And if you've gone to visit or you've been to involved in other churches before, you would know that there's something different happening here. And I really believe that that the genuine spirit that we have here, the kindness, is all all stems from our senior pastors. And so, the way that they lead us, and we thank you and we honour you, and the way that they lead us as you know young generations and giving, you know, people like Tiana and I this opportunity is really incredible and we're really grateful for that and for what you guys do. Um, if you didn't know who I am, hello. Um, I am on staff here at Emerge Church, also a youth leader, a worship leader. Um, I also work as a part-time chaplain at Launton State School uh, with my incredible husband, Che. He is, uh, teaches grade four. So we got married this year. It's been awesome. It's been incredible. I love Che. He's amazing. He is the most incredible husband. He is so patient, fun. He brings laughter to every day of my life. It's great. I just have, I would just like to give you a little insight though into our life. So the other day we were just chilling, you know, probably watching, we're watching like Marvel movies in chronological order. So we're probably watching that. And he just looks at me, just, you know, genuine curiosity on his face. And he just turns to me and says, do you think that I can get my wedding ring from the top of my cast and get it all the way to come out the other side with just genuine, genuine, like, wanting to know? And I said, absolutely not. I was like, that, that is not, you're not trying that. Anyway, so that, welcome to our life. That's every day. And um, what an incredible message from Tiana as well. You know, Tiana is my best friend, and we've been friends for ages and had the joy of becoming sister-in-laws, which is even better. Um, but I think what she spoke tonight is really important, and it's something that we all need to know from when we are children to when we are elderly. We need to know how to work through bitterness and unforgiveness. So I think it's incredible. And, you know, Pastor Mark asked us to um, speak on living sweet with God. And so tonight... I'm going to speak on living sweet with God, and this is, comes from my experience, comes from my life and what I've learned, and I don't have all the answers. I don't, you know, I'm 24. I haven't lived a whole lot of my life yet. I still have a lot to go, but this is what I've learned in my experience, in my relationship with God so far, and I just pray tonight that God uses this to encourage you or help you um, grow you, and so um, before I start, if we can just close our eyes, I'm just going to pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just love you so much, and we're grateful to be able to come together still, meet together as a church. And I just pray that tonight you would um, come and speak to every person in this room. Lord, you know them, you know their hearts, you know the things that are on their minds, the things they care about, and every situation that they're facing. And I just pray that tonight, through the words that we speak, that you would just speak to their hearts and their lives right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Awesome. Well, my message tonight is called Sweet or Sour. You know, our life is made up of many situations, interactions with people, moments that can either leave a good, a bad, a sweet or a sour taste in our mouth. And it stays with us and it influences what we think. And so I just have a couple examples. So just imagine you're at the beach 
It's summer. There's no, no clouds in the sky. It is such a beautiful day. The weather is perfect. The temperature of the water is like that perfect, cool temperature when you go to the beach. You've been out there with your friends all day. You've had the best day. You've been running around in the sand playing volleyball. You've been swimming. It's so nice. You lay out your towel. You're under your beautiful beach umbrella. You know, you just tan life, loving everything. And you get out your snacks. You get out this like juicy red watermelon, blueberries, strawberries. And you open up the punnet of strawberries and you go to take a bite and you're just so excited because it looks so delicious. And you take a bite and it's just sour and bitter. It's the worst because you just want to eat more, but you just know it's not going to taste good. Imagine you're at the airport. This is semi-based on my life. It's not the end part of it hasn't happened. I wish it did, but it didn't. First part is true. You're at the airport. You're waiting to go on an adventure of a lifetime with your friends. You have planned this for years. Your bags are packed. You are so excited. You've got day trips planned. You can climb mountains, go skiing, like snowboarding. In this situation, we're going somewhere cold. And you have everything packed. You're so ready. You are all so pumped. You have been waiting for this moment. And across the room, you are waiting for your friends. And you see the most famous person ever. You could think of. So in this situation, Liam Hemsworth was in the airport across the room. Wild. Like, he's so famous. Like, you just don't see that. Anyway, so he's across the room, and you're like, this is my perfect opportunity. I have only dreamed of this moment. I'm getting a picture. I'm going to show the world I'm going to be so famous. And you're like, okay, be, be calm, be bold. Go. Ask for a picture. And you go up, and you're like, hey, can I take a selfie with you? And he just looks at you up and down, scoffs, turns around and just walks off. Imagine you've dreamed your whole life and he just turns around and ignores you. That'd be horrible. I don't think he's actually that kind of person. I haven't experienced that. So I'm sure he's really nice. Anyway, imagine you're at Sunday night church, Planet Boom. We don't, we haven't sung a Planet, well, we did sing Planet Boom last Sunday night. It was awesome. Walls are like shaking. The floor is like pumping. You can feel it like through the the soles of your feet. You know, we get to worship. Every person's hand is raised. Jesus's name is being lifted high. There's faith in the room. It is so exciting. And you're standing there and you're like, I can feel the presence of God. I'm so excited. I feel full of faith right now. And someone, Pastor Joe, comes up the front. He's like, you know what? I believe tonight there's going to be healing. People need to be healed. If you need healing in your body, you come forward. And you're like, I need healing in my body. You come forward. And you're so excited. You are full of faith. And you're believing that God is going to heal the anxiety that's been crippling you for weeks. And you stand here and you know, the second they say in Jesus' name, it's broken off your life. And it doesn't. You know, some situations we face in our lifetime can leave our relationship with God just tainted by bitterness and disappointment. It leaves a sour taste in our mouth. It leaves lingering questions. Does God actually care about me? Can God see how painful this loss that I'm facing is? Is it even possible to live without anxiety? And I wanted to share this message with you tonight to encourage you that living in a sweet relationship with God isn't dependent on the outcome of your circumstance, but it is found in knowing and trusting the unchanging character of God in the middle of them. So I'm just going to read from Psalm 103, verse 1 to 14. This is probably my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. It's just amazing. It says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. 
He redeems me from death and crowns me with the love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things and my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He reveals his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins and he does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins far from us as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. You know, David, the writer of this psalm, went through a lot of circumstances, just like we will. And I can see from this psalm that David knew and had confidence in the true character of God, and that it became his steadfast foundation, that no matter what he faced in his life, no matter how the situations turned out, what the outcome was, he believed that God was who he said he was. To me, this psalm reveals God's heart, his character. And to live a sweet life with God, we have to know and trust and hold tightly to what we know is true about God. And so my first point is that loving God comes from knowing God. For me, loving God grew from learning about his character. It wasn't enough for me to just know all these amazing things that God could do, but I had this deep desire in me to know who he was because I could see through all of my life that my circumstances were changing, but I could see that God was staying the same and I was learning that God was staying the same. I grew up loving God, but it was my choice to pursue knowing his character and his heart. And sometimes we say we know someone, but we actually mean we know of them know that they exist. But in the Hebrew language, this word know was like you could only know someone if you had a personal and intimate relationship with them. And it's not a surface level hello in passing, but it's a friendship and familiarity that has been forged through seasons of joy and heartache, certainty and uncertainty. It's a relationship that's rooted in who he is, not what he can do. And the more time that I spent getting to know God, reading the Bible, talking to him, the more I learned about his character and his heart towards me. And from this grew love and grew trust and understanding. And it grew confidence to trust him and to choose him. And it's just like our personal relationships. It's just like my relationship with Che. The more time that we spent together, the more that I knew him, the more that I knew him, the more that I loved him. And the more that I loved him, the more that I can trust him. And it's normal to experience a wrestle with God as you learn about his character. I found actually that a lot of times um, his true character is revealed in opposition. He's teaching us faithfulness when we can't see him at all in our situation. He's teaching us that he's slow to get angry when we're running in the opposite direction out of fear that he'll punish us. And he's teaching us that he's just when we're being falsely accused in our workplace. Staying sweet with God, I believe, firstly comes from a desire to know him, not just as an acquaintance, not as a passerby once on a Sunday, but as a true friend, a deep and close relationship that's built through time together. Time with God grows understanding, which grows love and for him and trust in him. You know, we're talking about this amazing, wonderful, sweet life with God. It's so beautiful, you know, holy, amazing, wonderful. But if we can have that sweet relationship with God, it also means that it can go sour. 
And if it does, how? How does this happen? Sorry, I just lost my place. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I'm totally blanked for a second. Ah, here we are. I believe that there is a key in this passage in Psalm 103 verse 2. It says, may I never forget the good things he does for me. And if you're taking notes, my next point is that bitterness comes from forgetfulness. You know, the Israelites are a perfect example of this. You know, we, I, if you don't know the story, you can go read this, but I'm sure a lot of you do know. But in Deuteronomy 8 is a, an in, like a whole chapter of God saying, remember me, remember all the things I've done. Remember the miracles I did. Remember how your clothes never wore out for like 40 years. Remember everything I am. Remember who I am. Remember, remember, remember. And it's like talking to a kid at, in my, my chaplaincy role at Launton. It's like talking to a kid. Every morning, there's kids like running into school, like coming in. They seem so excited to come to school and they run and you're like, don't run on the concrete. Don't run on the concrete. Hey guys, stop running on the concrete. Hey guys, please don't run on the concrete. Don't run on the concrete because you're going to fall over and hurt yourself. Stop running on the concrete. And what do they do? Every morning, every afternoon, running on the concrete. And it's like, they just don't hear you. It's like, it just goes straight in and out. And you know, just like our Launton kids, God gave plenty of reminders to the Israelites to remember him. And it's like they just kept falling back into this default of unbelief and deciding, uh, actually, I'm just going to go my own way. I'm going to choose what I think. And their relationship turned sour because they forgot his character. They might have known it on a surface level, but there was no depth to their understanding. And as soon as troubles came, they questioned his character. And when it didn't go the way they thought it would, it left this sour taste of God in their mouth. They struggled to trust that God was who he said he was. And because of their doubt and their distrust, their perception of who God was was distorted. And they chose to believe in who they thought God was rather than who they knew that he was. And at one point, them even saying they'd rather be back in slavery while God was actually trying to redeem them. I just think that's crazy. Anyway, I'm sure there are people in this room tonight who feel that same way towards God right now. You feel cheated you feel like you missed out because it didn't go the way that you thought it would. Maybe you're finding it difficult to trust God. But have you forgotten who God is? Have you forgotten what he has done for you? Not just through the Bible and history, but in your own life. And I think in the middle of really difficult life circumstances that we all face, depression, anxiety, grief, loss, separation, the reality of life is so overwhelming. The emotion is so real, and it is. You all have felt plenty of emotions. You've felt pain. You've felt anxiety. It's so real. And we forget that God's unchanged, oh, sorry, the emotions are real to us that God's unchanging character is just out of sight. It's like hidden behind all the worries that we have of this life and of the situation. Sometimes our flesh, our emotions overtake our spirit, and we lose sight of who God really is. And it's so easy in the difficulties of life to forget all the ways that God has been faithful and has proven his character to be true. And maybe I can just grab the band to come up just, you know, as we kind of wrap up. You know, if bitterness can grow out of forgetfulness in God's character, and this is my next point tonight, that a sweet relationship with God grows through our remembrance of him. In every situation that we face, we have to actively choose to remember the character of God. You know, in Lamentations 3 verse 21, 
it says, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. It's through our decision to bring to the forefront of our mind God's true, steadfast and unchanging character that hope can prevail. There will be many voices in our life and in our situations. There will be the voice of the enemy. There's voices of our family and friends who may not always have our best interests in mind. There's our own past experience and insecurity. But to keep our relationship with God sweet, we have to hold tightly to what we know is true of God. And in this Psalm we see, He forgives, He heals, He redeems, He crowns us with love and mercy. He fills our life with good things. He renews our youth, He gives us righteousness. He is just, He is compassion, He is merciful, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love, and He doesn't accuse us or punish us. This is the true character of God. This is who our God is. This is the God that loves us. This is the God that we serve, that we love, and that we have the opportunity to know. So when you come to think of your relationship with God, what is it that you taste? Is it sweet? Is it sour? It's in our deep knowing and understanding of the character of God that causes love and confidence and trust in Him to grow. We have to remember call to our mind actively every day who we know that He is, not just what we think He is. So I just want to encourage you tonight, if you feel like you're in that sweet place with God, that's amazing. And, you know, that's where I feel like I am right now. And it's awesome. And I encourage you to keep going in that. Keep pressing in. Don't just think, hey, I'm in a great place with God. I don't need to really invest anymore. Keep every day. Keep pressing in. Keep learning from Him. Keep growing closer to Him. To him. We will never know the end of God. We, we cannot comprehend Him. For all our life here on earth, we will never fully know God. But tonight, I also want to give an opportunity to pray for some people. And, you know, we, uh, going off what Tiana said as well. But firstly, um, we want to give the opportunity for you to know God for the first time. Maybe you're in this room and you've never given God the opportunity to get to know you or for yourself to come into a relationship with Him. And God loves you and He knows you. And He wants more than anything, more than anything you can accomplish for Him, more than anything you can do in your lifetime to know you and for you to know Him. And so we're going to pray for those people in a moment. Maybe you're feeling like your relationship with God has turned sour. And, you know, as I was preparing this message this week, I really felt that God gave me this word. And it's that there's people who have a bitter view of God in this room tonight. Their hearts are reserved, bitter towards God. You've been lied to, cheated. The enemy has infiltrated your heart. He's lied to you about the character of God. And in your weariness, your weakness, your unchanging, never-ending sickness, your loss, your grief, you've started to believe it. And in your heart, you question God's character Is He really who He says He is? And I believe that the Holy Spirit tonight is going to heal your heart. He's going to bring truth, plant the truth in your heart and rip out the lies of the enemy if you are willing to let Him in. And I speak and declare tonight the truth that God is faithful, that He loves you and He is good. He is a healer. He is just. He is restoring you and transforming you. 
He cares for you. He will provide for you because you are His child. And so if you can't see that character of God, maybe you've forgotten it or it's tucked away behind everything else, we're gonna pray for you tonight that God and the Holy Spirit would work a healing in your heart. And thirdly, as Tiana said, if you feel like you are trying to work through unforgiveness or bitterness through people, if you feel like there's healing that needs to happen in your heart because of something that's happened to you and you want freedom from that, you want healing from that, we wanna pray tonight. And so if you would just stand with me.